0: Midday live on SAFM 104 to 107.
1: Thank you, Tzile. That brings the time now to just after 12 o'clock. And as you know, we are broadcasting live from Latava Camp in the Kruger National Park. And uh, of course, today we are celebrating World Rangers Day, which is observed every year on the 31st of July. It's a day really to commemorate the many rangers that are killed or injured in the line of duty to protect our rhino and, of course, the Big Five and all the others. But we'll focus this afternoon really on the killings of the rhino and their numbers going up uh, day by day and and what uh, are the measures that can be put in place uh, to curb the scourge. We're also, of course, uh, going live to Zimbabwe to find out what is the latest and uh, I believe that we are joined on the line by Muslatsi Gallans to give us an update. Muslatsi, good afternoon to you.
2: Good afternoon, Albert.
1: Wonderful. How's the mood where you are right now, and where are you?
2: Uh, I was there now at the Bovada shopping centre, where we have a makeshift tent that has been turned into a polling station for these elections. It's been set up in the parking lot of the shopping centre. At the moment, the queue here has reduced somewhat. Uh, It was quite a long queue snaking out of the. into the street. But also earlier on, we had uh, the former Nigerian president, Olusegun Obasanjo, arriving here as part of his observer mission. Remember, he's leading a 60-member-strong uh, team of observers.
1: Now, tell us, what is the mood on the ground? Like, what are people saying? Are they excited about these elections?
2: You know, you just see by the numbers that have come out to vote in the capital, Harare, and also outside, we traveled some uh, 20 kilometers outside of Harare to a place called Atwood and there were hundreds of people that had actually queued up. And earlier on, you know, the weather was not... It was quite cold in the morning, but that did not dampen people's spirits. They came out, some were telling us, as early as 4 a.m. When we were in a place called Mbari at 5 o'clock, the queue had already formed. Also, you know, the the, the early morning glitches did not appear. As polling stations opened on time, there were ballots Because there were those fears that there could be problems because of what we saw with the early voting. Uh, But it appears things are going well, except for minor incidents that are really related to the voters' role, which were expecting to be a contentious issue going forward.
1: And what are these minor incidences?
2: You know, there are people who arrive at polling stations where they believe they are registered to vote and they're told you are not registered at this polling station and then they have to move to the next one. We also saw people who came with their uh, the, the receipts that show that they are registered and also their IDs, but they were not allowed to vote. This one woman was not allowed to vote because when they signed off on her receipt, her registration receipt, they did not put the date. So she was very frustrated because she was telling us, she has she has been she was registered as Eddie and June and if she knew this was going to be an issue she could have gone back uh, to uh, the registration point and solved it but basically the presiding officer said we can't help you you have to go to the headquarters and she was saying that we have such things to get in.
1: Has the briefing uh, by the uh, observers happened yet?
2: We had a, what I'll call a brief briefing uh, by uh, the AU. Uh, the, the head of the government, the former Nigerian president Olusegun Obasanjo, and he was saying he realizes that things can never be perfect from, but from what he's seen so far, things are going quite well. He, he says that he has made a few recommendations to uh, presiding officers in terms of to you know, uh, the older women, pregnant women, the disabled first, so that they get a chance uh, to vote first uh, because it would be uncomfortable for them to stand in the queues. We also did ask him a specific question around the voters' role, given the complaints from the opposition NDC uh, saying that they're they very bitter about the fact that they do not have access to the voters' role to scrutinize it in time as per the regulations of the neutral Act. And Mr. Basinger was telling us that he had a briefing from the Registrar-General and it was quite detailed. And from what he told him, and noticed other contrary things happening, he believes they can go by with what they have.
1: Are there any word from the uh, opposition party, the MDC, in terms of the elections and the running of the elections currently?
2: Um, they released a statement a little bit earlier on where they mentioned uh, incidents of fat intimidation. They're saying, especially in rural areas, uh, they've been told that uh, village heads are taking their subject through these polling stations, and they believe it's part of trying to influence how they would actually vote. But in places where we have been, uh, uh, the several polling stations that we have seen, things have been running smoothly, except for those uh, minor incidents with people uh, not finding themselves on the votes as well.
1: But so far, a, f- a free and fair election?
2: So far, a smooth-run elections, And perhaps, you know, it might be too early on to say for Zimbabwe, because if you remember the first round of elections in 2008, voting happened, but the problems came in, even though there was a climate of intimidation and fear and violence. On day itself, things appeared to be moving really smoothly, but the problem came when the counting of those ballots came and also uh, when the results were supposed to be released. Remember, it took over five weeks for those results to be released, uh, raising issues that they were rigging the election. Uh, it, it, uh, at least this time around, according to the Electoral Act, they have five days to release the presidential vote. So that is a tight deadline that the Electoral Commission will have to work with, but also uh, people feel that they've the option of relying on the, on the law to push for the results to be released.
1: Ms. Lassie Gallans, our senior reporter on the ground there in Zimbabwe. We cross now live to Bulawayo, our reporter on the scene, Zanelle Butalezi. Zanelle, good afternoon to you, and uh, what is happening currently in Bulawayo?
2: Well, currently things seem to be moving on smoothly here in Wabulawayo. All 392 voting stations seem to have opened on time today, this morning. And, uh, it seems that no problems or six problems have been reported so far. And, uh, you've heard about, we're expecting about 320,000 people to actually turn out to vote today in Wabulawayo as a whole. And uh, what we've seen is that people woke up very early this morning. I mean, at the town hall, which is one of the polling stations, we had people who woke up at 4 a.m. to cast their votes they were already waiting in the cold. It was very freezing this morning, and they said they wanted to cast their ballots to ensure that they have a part to play in making Zimbabwe a better so that's what we've seen, both young and old, mind you, they were standing in line at that early in the morning and uh, and, and, and what we've heard though so far is that there have been a few challenges in some of the polling stations um, some of the stations people have not been able to find their names even on the role even is when they have their um, re- registration received one woman who stood from 5 a.m. At, at the town hall, uh, and only to find out that she's not on the voters' roll when, when uh, the polling station opened at 7 this morning. She was very frustrated and she was referred to another polling station. But uh, there was also another area in Makwekwe here in Bulawayo. There, uh, there were a number of people also there who were turned away because they were not on the voters' roll. But what we are gathering from observers is that the the problem was fixed at, uh, at 9.30 this morning, and they were saying that they were hoping that most people who were sent away will be able now to come back and vote, hopefully. Uh, so those are some of the issues that we have picked up, but also there's an issue with um, uh, the special vote. The police officers that were supposed to vote on the special voice day, they're now turning up today, they're supposed to vote, and they are apparently they're turning out in numbers in some of the polling stations. Polling stations and this is delaying now the, the, the ordinary citizens because they have to stand aside and, and let the, the, the police officers through so that they are attended first and given special attention first and some of them, oh, well, according to observers, local observers, is that this has intimidated some of the people because they don't know why, why, what is happening or why they are there and so for those who are not aware of what the situation is, they, they feel a bit intimidated but hopefully, this pe- they're saying these people will be able to vote uh, after these uh, police officers are done.
1: Now, tell me something. There's um, uh, some story that uh, that emanated from the Zimbabwe police that say they're investigating the theft of voters' role in the country's midlands. Any
2: um, any feedback on that? Mm-hmm. Well, so far we haven't had any feedback. We've had reports of uh, this incident being uh, being, uh uh, investigated, but uh, so far we've not heard any progress as to what is happening. Um, but yeah, the issue, there has been some issues with the voters uh, or the ballot papers. Right? The, um, some of the parties, especially the MDCM, has, has complained about uh, the ballot papers not being clear, people not being able to see the faces, the pictures on the ballot papers, and they're saying that this will cause a problem because some people will not recognize the pictures uh, of the people that they're supposed to vote for maybe causing them not to actually make their mark on the paper so that's one of, of the challenges that has been uh, has been uh, reported uh, by the MDCM here in, in Mulawayo. but uh, also uh, but what i can say is that also maybe i can add that there's a, a, a huge enthusiasm among the people who want to come over who wants to come over to polling stations and vote people are very excited those who have turned up so far and we're also picking up information that uh, there's a lot of people coming in now at the Bay Bridge Coming in from South Africa, but uh, the problem is they are currently stuck there uh, due to some problems, uh, but observer, local observers are, all, are investigating as to where the problem is, whether it's on the South African side or the Zimbabwean side. Um, so what we're getting though is that there are people that, that are there uh, presently, uh, they're trying to get through to Zimbabwe so that they can come and vote. So that shows that there is some enthusiasm. There's a lot of enthusiasm, rather, from people who want to participate in this uh, important mm-hmm. election process. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where we've got to leave it. That's a reporter on the scene, Zanella Butalezi in Bulawayo. Thank you so much for your time. It uh, is now time. Uh, it is time to take a look at our top story at this hour. Zimbabwe police say they're investigating the theft of voters' role in the country and looking at the markets. Gold is trading at $1,334.10 an ounce. Platinum at $1,442.65 an ounce. The rand is trading at 9 rand and 86 cents against the U.S. dollar at 15 rand to the pound in at 13 rand and 10 cents to the euro. Join me,
3: Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM market update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights, and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the market update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6.
4: Join me, Bobby mulloy for the new season of Strictly Come Dancing with a whole host of new celebrity contestants. Let's see if actors Jay Anstey, Zakia Patel and Connie Ferguson can avoid any major drama. If Damon Calvary can handle the limelight. And if Graham Richards is as good at presenting a foxtrot as he is a breakfast show. Will fear be a factor for Tapelo? Will Mpors salsa be funnier than his stand-up? Will Lala's tango be as hot as, well, she is? Just because Al Boba can drop a verse doesn't necessarily mean he can bust a move. And as for Cooley, only time will tell if the queen of the divas is also a dancing queen. Tune into Strictly Come Dancing to find out who'll dance like 49 million people are watching and who should probably just keep their day job. Wednesdays, 8 to 10 p.m., only on SABC 3.
1: Midday
0: Live on SAFM, 104 to 107.
1: Welcome back. As you know, we're broadcasting live here from the Kruger National Park at the Lataba Camp. And today we observe International Rangers Day. Or is it National Rangers Day? It's International Rangers Day. Now, as we all know, South Africa is currently engaged in a fight against the rhino poaching, uh, which has reached a level of low-intensity war, especially here in the Kruger National Park, being the hardest hit due due to its high numbers of rhinos being killed in the country. Security structures are doing everything in their power, in the bush, to fight against these poachers. They arrest them, some get killed, however, the number of maimed and killed rhinos still continue to rise exponentially, with the latest figure being just over 500 in the country this year alone. Now today we are joined on in our studio, our makeshift studio right here in the Kruger National Park by Dr. Hector Mohamed. Uh, conservation Managing Executive Conservation servitors, uh, con- conservation and, and Services. Uh, doctor, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Elvis. Now, I'm sitting in a makeshift uh, studio here, and I can hear the wonderful reception inside where people are, are really getting awards, all the ranges and being celebrated today. How do you feel about this day?
5: I feel great. It's actually a wonderful day. I think we are celebrating people that are the face of conservation, the face of protecting animals and wildlife, and it's just wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Looking back at conservation in general, your role as rangers has changed over the years, hasn't it?
5: It has. Mm -hmm. It has. It has changed from being people that were divorced from society, from being people that wanted to be in the bush and be the lord of all I survey, to taking over new responsibilities of having to engage with various stakeholders. Our rangers today do much more than they did uh, a century ago. Mm -hmm. They are totally different animals. They are more user friendly but still fierce.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you say so fierce, what do you mean by that?
5: You've just seen some of, some, some of the work that the guys deal with daily, they have to deal with poaching, they have to deal with slipping out in the bush. They have to deal with evading dangerous animals. And also they have to look uh, after each other. And in the end, they have to protect. In the case of cougar, we're talking about something bigger than Swaziland, mm-hmm. that they have to protect. Yes, It takes a different
1: kind of man and a different kind of woman to do that type of job. Now, rhinos, increases in rhino poachers, r- rhinos being poached every year. Um, how do you... Curve the scourge. That's the sad
5: part, I think, of our life today. Uh, conservation is something to, l- to be celebrated. The rhino poaching uh, brings in a very sad moment. And your question is, how do you deal with this? It is actually quite a difficult one. Uh, we haven't got a magic silver bullet to deal with this. We are looking at a range of options. Uh, one, and this is what we're celebrating today. Mm-hmm. We believe that to fight poachers we have to be present in the parks, increasing the number of our rangers, giving them resources, radios, weapons, and all other things that they will need to be able to fight and deal with poachers on the ground. That's the first step. But if we are going after poachers when they have already killed a rhino, we have already lost that rhino. Mm. And so the most important thing also is to get intelligence. So that we are able to stop the poachers before they even hit our rhino. Our interest is to see rhinos alive, mm-hmm. not to be uh, picking up corpses. Uh, because in that case, we, are, we will be losing. Uh, the poachers will be scoring and we will be losing. That's one of the most important things uh, thing that we are looking at. But the best thing that we have today, Elvis, is that the greater South African society is joining us. There is more and more awareness. You know the bad news by now that we are losing about two rhinos a day. Two right. rhinos a day, on average, mm-hmm. and that's bad. Yes. That's bad for conservation. That's bad for the rhino, and we would like that situation
1: to be reversed. Now, the transfrontier park, as we know it, with, the f- with, with, with our neighbours Mozambique yes. and Zimbabwe, has that contributed to this increase of rhinos being polluted?
5: Yes, it has contributed significantly and negatively to rhino poaching. One, uh, the whole. Frontier conservation thing was supposed to promote movement of animals across, was supposed to make it easier for animals. Uh, almost all the rhinos that moved to Mozambique uh, by now, they are gone, hmm. and it also makes it poachy- poaching quite easy for poachers when they come from Mozambique. After they have killed and they go into Mozambique, the, the laws and the practices are different. And in our perception, South Africans, they are a bit lenient towards the poachers. Mm -hmm. And that actually also exacerbates the situation. In the case of Kruger, 80% of the rhinos that are lost in Kruger are lost through the Mozambican side of the border. 80%. 80%. 80%. 80 80%. Percent, 80 percent.
1: Now, that's a huge figure. Yes. Now, how, how do we go about doing this? If, if you say that we are lenient, or they are lenient. You know? They are lenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 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 how do you deal with this? Are, are you in discussion with these countries?
5: Yes, our minister has done a fantastic job. About a month ago, we had a meeting with the uh, 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 Mozambican counterpart of, of our minister, mm-hmm. and we are working, looking at ways to collaborate. Mozambique themselves have now just suddenly uh, passed a, a bill, that will make a uh, round of poaching in Mozambique an illegal activity. Before that, mm-hmm. it was not. And uh, to be... To, uh, rhino poaching was not an illegal activity in
1: Mozambique. Mm-hmm. And those are some of the things that we're creating problems. Okay. Now, looking, coming back to the ranger, because we're celebrating them today, how are you empowering them? You talked about radios, you talk about support, but what else? I've seen some of the the, uh, the scenes today where there's helicopters, there is uh, aeroplanes, there is dogs. Talk to us through this, uh, uh, Some of some of the things that you empower your rangers with. Well, the first thing is that, you know, Our first empowerment
5: of rangers is their own motivation. These guys, when they are recruited, we are looking for people who've got the passion for conservation, Mm -hmm. who've got uh, the the passion to be out in the bush, and who actually would love uh, nature conservation to be part of the work. That's that's the first part. The other part is that we just give them that platform to be able to do what they do best. And you saw today, uh, these guys are sharpshooters. You saw today how they are able to handle poaching situations on the ground. In all our problems in Kruger, we have not had a single ranger shot by a poacher. Yes. We've had situations where, in the course of fighting poaching, our own guys ended up maybe shooting each other, but we've not had a situation where a poacher actually killed uh, one of the rangers. So that's the one part. But the most important thing is the overall psychological well-being of the rangers. And we've got wonderful programs, Andrew, who, who was shot in one of our uh, bad incidences about a month ago, was here today and we're celebrating him. Mm. You know, he's come out of hospital, he was in coma, and he's here. And that is part of us showing that we are a healing organization, that we reach out to our own, and we regard the rangers as the face, as the epitome of conservation. And some, those are some of the in- incentives that we would like give our rangers and we actually see them as the hygiene factors of conservation. It's not so much about pay, it is so much
1: about recognition also. Now, we are speaking to Dr. Hector Mahami. He is the Conservation Managing Executive uh, uh, for Conservation Services here in the Kruger National Park at Latawah Park. And we're going to go now live, to f- not live, we're going to go back to studio to find out there's a, a package that we put together to find out exactly how the rangers are dealing with this issue of rhino poaching on the ground as well as how they work together with communities.
3: Rhino poaching has now reached unsustainable levels. The rate of rhino poaching worldwide increased by 43% between 2011 and 2012. South Africa is the most affected country on the continent. Close to 700 rhino were killed in the country in 2012 alone. The Department of Environmental Affairs says measures are being put in place to fight the scourge, especially in the Kruger National Park. Some of the tour destinations are giving up on conserving these animals because of the poaching. Hana Game Lounge near Persefort in Pumalanga sold its 10 remaining rhino after poachers started killing them last year. Spokesperson for the Department of Environmental Affairs, Alpi Odise says the department will not rest until the illegal killing of these animals comes to an end.
4: The issue of rhino
6: poaching has been escalated to- to priority crime within the net joint operations of the police, which means the rhino issue is being discussed day after day. And the number of uh, people arrested for rhino poaching cases and related cases is just over 100 since the beginning of 2013. But also, we are mindful of the fact that the operators might be recruiting South Africans, but at the heart of it is the fact that the, the orders are issued from outside of South Africa. Hence, we work closely with international parties, largely Vietnam, to firstly ensure that we have a mechanism in place internationally for the two countries south africa and vietnam to work together secondly to ensure that the as and when individuals from vietnam are arrested in south africa that we are able to open channels of communication between the two countries
3: mozambique has been identified as a key driver of poaching activities with poachers making cross-border raids into the kruger national park some residents say the fight against rhino poaching is far from over as they allege that these poachers are assisted by the people who are supposed to be protecting the rhinos. The residents know about these syndicates but they are too scared to report them. I won't try to report it because if they find out it's me, they are going to kill me too so I will shut my mouth but knowing that what they are doing is not good. It's very much bad because the next generation won't be able to, to see those rhinos. They, they will be extinct because they, they do not use The right method to remove those horns. No, I can't report to the police because I'm afraid. You see, you can't trust the system. Everyone is corrupted, so you will never know who to trust. So it's better to stay away from them. The whole world today commemorate all the rangers who have been killed or injured in the line of duty, like Andrew Desmet. Desmet was shot during an anti-poaching operation in the Kruger National Park in May and is still in hospital. Toby Kalip SAPC News, Kruger National Park, Bumalanga.
1: And we are back. We are chatting to Dr. Hector Mahami. He's the Conservation Managing Executive for Conservation Services. Doctor, in closing, what are you doing as Sandbox in terms of conservation?
5: Uh, in the case of the rangers in particular, our investment alone, and I'm talking about in terms of money that we are putting in, we are talking about over half a billion rand that South African... Uh, uh, Sandparks that our own government, the Department of Environmental Affairs, and efforts from within the state coffers that's going into uh, just dealing with the sketch is actually a huge one. And yesterday alone, we were releasing about 23 million rand for the poachers to get more uh, ammunition, to be able to have things like radios, to be able to have uh, things that they will need in the bush for their own well being. But the most important thing... You're talking
1: about the rangers, not the poachers, though. No, the rangers. The rangers. (laughs) The rangers,
5: rangers, yes. But the most important thing is that we are looking at this thing three-pronged. Short-term, in terms of getting what I call the front line of rhino poaching, uh, in terms of fighting the rangers themselves, comfortable. The second one is to get the bigger societies, our African society. And your program today, Elvis, is actually helping a lot to us achieving that. The third one is to get international cooperation. To get the people, the big guns, who are responsible for rhino poaching in the country To understand our situation, to understand our plight And part of that, we are looking at opening a trade in rhino horn Because the international syndicates are looking for rhino horn They are not looking for dead rhino, they are looking for rhino horn And rhino horn is something that can be harvested sustainably Mm. Uh, you, you, it's like our fingernail, you just have to remove the horn and, and, and provide the horn and the animal still remains alive and can still produce about 2 kilos of horn a year after you've, you've harvested. So, so those are some of the things that we're looking at.
1: International trade, how is that uh, going for you? Uh, because CITES rejected this particular uh, proposal the last time around.
5: No, they did not uh, reject it. We are working on it. They were a bit sympathetic. Uh, we are going to be looking at it at the next IT's meeting, which is 2015. Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Definitely. Yes,
5: mm-hmm. and, 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 and we hope that by that time we will actually even be having maybe a cooperating trading partner for us to be able to look into this.
1: Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Hector Mahami. He is the Conservation Managing Executive Conservation Services. But right now, let's go back to studio for the um, news headlines. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Now today we are here at the, national, at the Kruger National Park at the Lataba Camp to celebrate World Ranger Day. Now, World Ranger Day is observed on the 31st of July each year. It's a day really to commemorate the many rangers who are killed or injured in the line of duty. It's also a day to celebrate rangers and the work that they do. Now as we know, South Africa is currently engaged in a fight against rhino poaching which has reached a level of low intensity war. Especially here in the Kruger National Park, which is being the hardest hit due to its high number of rhinos in the country. Now a man that works daily with, uh, with these type of things on the ground, hands-on, is Derek Mashale. He is the regional, um, the regional ranger at Marula region in the north. And you deal with that on a daily basis, don't you, Derek?
7: Thank you very much. Yes, uh, we deal with that situation every day. Mm. What are the challenges that you face on the ground? Look, um, the challenges that we're facing—you know—it's the number of you know poachers that uh, comes through to kill our rhinos, you know, uh, and especially uh, during night times. You know, mm-hmm. those are some of those things that are challenging because operating at night is a big challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. Operating at night, and so so you don't have night vision, do
7: you? Well, um, we do have a um, few of those equipments. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course you can't have, you know, um, as much as you would have loved to. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is uh, one of the challenges that we're facing on a daily basis. What
1: makes your job harder to do?
7: Look, um, you're operating uh, in the bush. Yes. And um, you're faced with uh, uh, heavily armed uh, uh, poachers, call them criminals if you like. Mm And uh, they are ruthless. Um, they don't have, you know, the the, the luxury of you know, operating within policies or acts. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to operate within the parameters of the law. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, those are serious challenges uh, which mm-hmm. makes our job, you know, very hard. But uh, I think we are up to the task.
1: If you're up to the task, what do you do to be up to the task?
7: Look. Um, A ranger's job um, is a specialized field, you know, people get trained properly, and of course I want to tell you that we are the best ranger core, probably in the world, because we are well trained, and we ensure that um, our people understand what is at stake, and, um, you know, we use those skills that, uh, you know, we have been trained, you know, about, uh, to ensure that, you know, we do the job as we're expected to do. Mm
1: Has your, has your, your, your job um, title or your job um, changed dramatically over the last couple of years, from, from just being a ranger that conserve?
7: Yeah, there has been uh, uh, drastic changes um, in the years gone by. A ranger was much more focusing on uh, ecological management uh, in totality. You know, dealing with soil erosion, dealing with you know, uh, field assessments and so on and uh, some law enforcement to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But now the, the focus is really on this anti-poaching war, especially the rhino uh, poaching situation. Mm-hmm. So there's been a, a big shift from uh, the normal or the traditional you know, uh, range of work you know, to what we're doing today. Mm-hmm.
1: Now also joining us in the studio is Mbongeni Tukela. He's the area integrity manager. Now Mbongeni, I've heard what the ranger on the ground says, um, his, his job is much more harder because that you are fighting a war against criminals which is really uh, armed to the tooth, so to speak.
0: It is true, that is uh, the situation that we're facing at the moment, but uh, let that not dampen uh, the enthusiasm of, uh, of the ranger. The ranger is well trained, the ranger is well motivated, the ranger has got passion. So the ranger will continue to fight this war with all the
1: means at their disposal. Mm-hmm. I've asked him about his job title and, and the things that he would do as a conservationist. Has that changed dramatically from where you come from? from, from back in the 80s and the 70s? Has that changed?
0: It has certainly changed. The focus now is more on fighting the rhino cage and also on be preemptive. And also try as much as possible to deter poachers from achieving their goals. And uh, initially it used to be different. We were doing mostly ecological processes. We were doing a little bit of poaching here and there, but that was subsistence poaching, it was snaring, it was dogs, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. It never happened that you run into armed gangs of poachers that you have to contend with. And most of the time, those were always uh, peripheral never as far deep as the people are operating now so the people are coming in still a little bit here and, dis- and I hope that they are not caught mm.
1: where is your biggest challenge coming from? I heard earlier that, it, it, that it, the border with Mozambique is one of those issues trans-frontier, the transfrontier park between Zimbabwe and South Africa and Mozambique that is one of your challenges
0: I would say the problem is not just from Mozambique South Africa on our boundary to the southwest of the park We have major problems with the communities in those areas. They are accessing the park and they are poaching. And then uh, the majority of our poaching, though, is happening on the eastern boundary. Because of the vastness of the area and also the terrain, the terrain is not very, very conducive to good anti poaching. Because of uh, its undulating, a lot of uh, high points where people can observe, and also the bush is quite thick. Those are some of the dynamics. And also, there are villages that are neighboring us on the eastern boundary which have got access into the park through vast open areas from Mozambique that are usually not well policed so it gives them an opportunity to come in without us detecting them mm-hmm. until something happens inside the park.
1: Are you engaging with those communities?
0: We are engaging with the communities, we are engaging with the other stakeholders, not just the communities alone also engaging with the concessionaires on the other side that are also having the same kind of problem because they have games and they've got to deal with those issues. Mm-hmm. If they fall
1: it means will fall eventually. Mm-hmm. Is the cooperation from the private sector as well with parks on, on, the, on the issue of rhino poaching?
0: There are quite a few corporations. For example, if we look at uh, the western uh, side of the park, the associated uh, parks, which are called now Game Rangers United, that stretches from Palabora all the way down to, to Skukuza area are also part of the fight against rhino poaching in the park so we got those uh, links with them and we form a good uh, coalition with
1: them all right. Now we're going to. Um, it's now 12:42, and uh, we're going to go across. Uh, we're going to. We're going to. going to be engaging with um, uh, with um, Tukela. He's the Area Integrity Integrity Manager uh, at the Kruger National Park, uh, as well as our Ranger here, Derek Mashale. He is from a regional. Um, he's a regional Ranger at Marula in the, the Northern Region, and we're going to d- take that discussion a little bit later. But right now, let's cross to the dealer room at Sasfin Securities to find out what's happening on the market. Good afternoon to you.
4: Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business.
1: Paul, good afternoon to you. How are you? I'm fine anyway. Very well, thank you. We are broadcasting live from the Kruger National Park, but uh, I'm very interested to find out what's happening on the market. Well, Elvis, our
8: market is trading. FEMA have by a weaker end and FEMA metal prices uh, as all eyes are on the Federal Reserve uh, Policy Review meeting. Markets are also better in Europe where the foot is up 0.63 of a percent. Dex up 0.1 of a percent. And the cake 40 is also 0.1 of a percent better. Factory JSC has got to go. Index up 1%. Resource index up 0.9 of a percent. Industrial index up a quarter of a percent. Financial index up 0.6%. The overall market is up 160 points, or so 0.39% to 41,152
1: points. I believe there's very little market news other than the results from British American Tobacco.
8: Uh, yes, uh, they released their interim results. Uh, basic uh, earnings per share were up uh, 9% to 105.6 pence. That's against uh, 97.8 pence previously. Profit from operation was up uh, 3% to 2.807 billion pounds. An interim dividend of 45 pence per share was declared. British American Tobacco is currently trading half a percent better at 524 rents and
1: 63 cents. Any other big movers today?
8: Uh, on the F side we got uh, Media up two point seven percent to twenty four Rands SAB Miller up two point two percent to four hundred and eighty one Rands Lonmin up one point nine per cent to forty seven Rands and eighty cents, Anglo Gold Ashanti up one point seven percent to one hundred and thirty Rands and pay also up one point seven percent to thirty seven Rands On the downside we got Marion Roberts down five point one percent to twenty three Rands and ninety cents. PPC down 2% to 28 Rands and 65 cents. Last Healthcare down 1.9% to 35 Rands and 91 cents. Omnia down 1.7% to 176 Rands. And lastly, Trueth down 1.5% to 82 Rands and 25 cents.
1: And the latest market indicators?
8: The gold price is currently quoted at $1,332.65 an ounce. Platinum, one thousand four hundred forty-two dollars and thirty cents a fine ounce. Brent crude, one hundred and four dollars and fifty cents per barrel. The R one five seven government bond is trading at six point one four percent. And now to our currencies: the rent to the dollar is at nine and eighty-seven cents. The rent to the euro is at eighteen rents and nine cents. The rent to the pound is at fifteen rents and one cent.
1: Thank you, Elvis. Thank you, Paul More from Susfund Securities from the dealer
4: room. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, please can you order me a midday blood sugar leveling gastronomic experience? Lunch, sir. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed data, cloud and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business or visit a Telcom direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence, one solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to
0: 107.
1: We are broadcasting live from the Kruger National Park at the Taba Camp to celebrate World Ranger Day. And as you know, World Ranger Day is observed on the 31st of July every year. It's a day to commemorate the many rangers being killed or injured in the line of duty. In uh, discussion today with us, Mbongeni Tukela, the Area Integrity Manager. Mbongeni, in closing, today is World Rangers Day. What is your message? to the number of rangers that has either been killed, maimed, injured and uh, as I heard earlier a very exciting story is that only so, so far you only had two casualties My um, message to the rangers is that
0: they have got to remain resolute mm. this war is far from over but at the end we will prevail and the rangers must keep on doing the good work that they are doing mm.
1: What else and other resources will you put in place in order to make sure that they are up to the task
0: at the moment, we are dealing with a lot of training. We're giving them specialized skills. Beyond specialized skills, also getting equipment that they deserve, especially the night vision equipment that we talk about. Yes. And also other aspects of training. We're looking at a suite of op- of, our, of equipment that we'll be using just to enhance the work of a ranger to make their job a little bit more easy.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, as you know, the uh, um, uh, the. Area Integrity Manager, (laughs) I need to get that title, Area Integrity Manager. What does that mean, actually? It means a lot of things. The person that
0: does area integrity management is responsible for ensuring that uh, the training happens. Mm -hmm. And also, we don't lose sight of uh, the bigger mandate, which is conservation. All the ecological aspects must be covered in terms of ensuring that there's compliance. Mm -hmm. It deals with compliance issues, it deals with training, and it deals with capacity as well.
1: And, And when you say capacity, what
0: does that mean? capacity can be In terms of support In terms of equipment In terms of uh, resourcing In terms of uh, Just about anything to do With uh, supporting the ranger Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, that is Mbongeni Tukela The area manager Right here at The Kruger National Park Now also in discussion With us in our Makeshift studio As you can hear The hand claps In the background there Uh, This is the awards Taking place for National um, Rangers Day Right here in the Kruger Park And uh, we are in discussion With Dr. David uh, Mabunda He's the CEO uh, of, the, of the Kruger National Park, uh, Doctor. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. It's actually South African National Parks. The South African National Parks. Let's yeah. get that also right. Now, Doctor. Just in closing, and in fact, we, we've spoken to a number of people here today. Your thoughts on National or International Rangers Day? That is,
6: at last, uh, there's a recognition for this uh, profession uh, of rangers, uh, not only in South Africa but uh, internationally. Uh, to acknowledge and say thank you to people, and um, of course the contributions that they make, and not only in in biodiversity conservation, but also in areas uh, that involve economic, socio-economic development, uh, in education, interpretation, um, and, and many other things. In fact, um, our, our tourism uh, business in this uh, part of the, of the of the of the country depends. On the leadership that Rangers give.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, looking at the Kruger National or the, or the Kruger National Park um, and the Transfrontier Park in general, it's a vast area. How do you protect it? It's a Herculean
6: a task uh, with almost 400 kilometers of border between South Africa and Mozambique and Zimbabwe. Um, it's thick bush. bush uh, it's, it's very difficult. You can't put a ranger behind every shrub, every bush, every uh, rock. Mm-hmm. But in a strategic way, uh, with the assistance of technology and many other um, uh, you know, aids, we're able to uh, ensure that the integrity of the area is, uh, is, is upheld. But it's a very difficult task, mm-hmm. uh, I must say. Um, if, if you look at how thing is so small, Mm. Uh, but it has 43,000 uh, uh, policemen, and uh, then there's ADT and all other people that are assisting mm-hmm. in, 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 in uh, ensuring that people are secured. Here we only have about 600 people. Uh, 600 people. 600 people to look after a, 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 an area the size of Boston, of, uh, Boston Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bigger than the state of Israel. It's uh, twice the size of Swaziland, so it's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. You never know when
1: the poachers will strike and where. Now we talked about earlier about the transfrontier park and 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 looking at the at the problems um, with that transfrontier park. Mozambique, there's no more rhinos available. Completely yeah. uh, gone. You you can't find a rhino. Yeah. How do we deal with this? Do do we do we put up another fence between these countries?
6: I don't think uh, a fence is going to give us. Uh, you know the solution that we desire. Of course, emotionally we think the fence can stop and the fence can be e- electrified with high voltage and smash uh, anyone that approaches it into smithereens. Um, we we think that way emotionally, but yeah. in my personal view, the long-term sustainability uh, of these two big areas that constitute the Greater Limpopo Transfrontier Park is a joint command it's management of this area as under one management regime mm-hmm. so that we are with the mozambicans um, on their part of the of the of the of the park mm-hmm. and on our part of the park mm-hmm. we manage we run uh, security uh, cooperations um, we, we we collaborate at various levels together that will squeeze opportunities or opportunists out of the fray so that at least we work with people on a daily basis. In that way we will, we will minimize uh, the you know the incidence of, uh, of, of poaching. But is there political will to do this? Indeed there is. Um, our right from the President uh, and our Minister, I accompanied the Minister about a, a, a month ago uh, to Mozambique and we discussed this matter. We were asked to come up with a proposal that proposal is already on the table and one of the, uh, pro- the one of the uh, uh, proposals is that uh, the area should be managed uh, as one mm. why the focus on the kruger national park when there's 21 other parks well, the Kruger National Park is iconic. It's well known. It's one of the oldest parks in the world. It was um, um, you know second after Yellowstone in, in the United States of America. It's the crown jewel of South Africa. It's about South Africa. It reflects who we are.
1: And in closing, what is your message to the rangers out there? It's their day today. It's their day today and I say seize the
6: day without any any apology, uh, without fear or favor
1: and relish The accomplishments. And so says the CEO of the Kruger National Park, Mr. David Mabunda, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. And that's where we got to leave it, right here from the Kruger National Park where we are celebrating uh, Rangers Day today. It's now time for the World of Arts and Popular Culture with Michelle Constant.
7: CREATE is proudly presented by Business and Arts South Africa, bringing the business of the arts and the art of
9: business together. The past weekend saw the opening of the Goodman Gallery in Johannesburg's annual Working Title Exhibition. The exhibition is part of the gallery's new initiative aimed at supporting project-based works, young artists and performances. This year's installment was curated by Emma Lawrence of the Goodman Gallery. According to Lawrence, the decision of choosing the artists was largely dependent on the collaborations and how the various artists pushed the boundaries of categorization.
2: What I was particularly interested in was artists who I feel are pushing the boundaries of categorization and the sort of problematic idea involved in categorizing something that is fine art, performance, or in the case of Tegan Bristow, who has used programming and Xbox controllers to create a video game that is actually a very
4: political moving work about the idea of identity and kind
2: of crisis in Zimbabwe, South Africa, and those areas in between.
9: One of the collaborations was between performer and choreographer Nilesiwe Gaba and experimental filmmaker Moke van Furen. The two created a short 3D film based on their Uncles and Angels project. Daba and Van Furen say that even though the work was initially based on reflecting the vendor Domba dance, they also wanted to explore the body and technology, as well as the relationship between the two.
2: For this one, Uncles and Angels, I was interested in multiplication, meaning doing a solo and then having several images of myself, and that's where it started. You know, we didn't have a topic that we wanted to talk about. The interest was more technology and the body.
1: If the work is dealing with uh, culture or social issues, I think what was interesting in making the work was that technology is never divorced from that so the way that we work with technology and the way that in our conversations we were thinking about eventually the issues that then we were dealing with it was never divorced it was never separate and in fact the way that technology is employed is sometimes quite a politically loaded thing like the relationship between technology and the body
9: also working on a collaborative basis is the dialogue-based artist Harun Gunsali, who's working with Dereline James, a mother from Eldorado Park, whose open letter to President Jacob Zuma about the struggles of drug usage in their community went viral and was published in a variety of national newspapers. Sali says that his interest in working with dialogue stems from wanting to learn and showcase stories of people with lived experiences.
4: I've been working through interviews and from those interviews I've been creating artworks. So the final artwork has got narrative to it and I suppose the reason I started working in this way is because I believe that young people should work with people that have lived experience, and that sort of methodology has developed into what I'm doing for this exhibition, which is not doing interviews and then creating an artwork that one then looks at. The interviews and the dialogue becomes the artwork. Basically, outside the installation hangs the letter that Darlene had written. So my hope is that people would first read the letter, and then Deraline's going to be in the space having unmediated conversations with members of the audience, and that is then going to be presented as a video installation, unedited, so basically a two-hour loop of every conversation that happened.
9: As in his previous works, artist Gerald Matrona continues working with African currencies in order to explore his engagement of profit and ethic. He describes his work, which consists of three black attache briefcases.
10: Basically, I've made these kind of meticulous little objects that are encased in suitcases. There's a set of diamonds that are folded origami style and they're made of currency. I kind of work with currency as an aesthetic material. And these diamonds are made of different decommissioned currencies from across Africa. The other object is a skull that is made through a process of laser cutting, two dimensional relief profiles and once assembled it looks like this three-dimensional skull. And then the last work is a crumpled up cotton paper that is exhibited in this suitcase. I've opened it up to the public where they have chance to purchase the work by cracking the code. So if you can crack the code of the attache case, you can own the work that's inside.
9: Machona does give us a hint as to what the code of opening the briefcase could be.
10: You will have to research a bit about Africa and the post-colonial, and you might possibly find some answers there.
9: The group exhibition, Working Title, will run at the Goodman Gallery in Ge- Johannesburg until the 17th of August. I'm Michelle Constant. This feature was produced by Monique Stander and you can email me on create at baza.co.za
7: Create. Proudly brought to you by Business and Arts South Africa. Creating new opportunities for business arts partnerships. Email create at baza.co.za
1: And from us at the Krugan National Park park here at Latarbo Camp, we say goodbye and over to Nancy Richards on Otherwise.